And cue music. I don't know how many of you have heard, but there's a flesh-eating virus going around. Yeah, it's called music. All right, here we are. 2020 in full effect. Andy, my brother from another mother, what is going on? Man, I'm feeling good. Like I don't know about you, but I'm still feeling um, inspired from our uh, chat with Damon. Yeah, no, I'm, you know... I'm ready to get some more uh, guests lined up like that. Yeah. But, you know. Paul Stanley. Yeah. (laughs) But for now, for now, you motherfuckers are stuck with us. Just us two and our our opinions, our big bag of opinions. Yeah, and thanks, everybody, for listening and, like, sharing the episode and, like, feedback and stuff. Yeah, we got a lot of listens, didn't we? This one's performing... Yeah, like, we got a fair amount. And Maybe Damon should just be, a like, a co-host feedback. with us. He should be on every episode. People yeah, people will listen more. Well, yeah, no. really, because, yeah, I felt like... I don't know if, like, it was like we needed to really say a whole lot because he was just talking the whole time. Yeah, or? it was the easiest interview ever. Yeah. Like, I was kind of worried, like, oh, we've never really interviewed anyone because... Denny just kind of, he was our first guest we ever had, and he just hung out and did what we kind of did, like, we were already friends, so it was easy to just shoot the shit and have a, do an episode, but. Yeah, because I don't, I don't want to say, like, yeah, like, good job to us, we had a good interview, because even though one of my friends was like, man, that was a good interview, like, I'd give it, like, 4.5 stars, but I was thinking. Yeah, we didn't do anything. Yeah, like, we didn't really do anything, so I don't know if it was, like, that he's just very conversational, or it was just because. He already knew us, so so there was already kind of that going on. So so yeah. I feel like maybe if we did interview somebody that we've never talked to before, it could be. Yeah, it might totally be totally. And we might actually have to work for the next one. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, man, I feel like 2020's got some good things in store. You know, um, I got a feeling we're gonna get some other uh, cool interviews lined up. Um, Maybe not so cool, but you and I will just have to pretend that we think it's cool, and because <laughs> it might be cool to somebody else, you know. But we might, we might have to get some artists on here, and might be people we don't, we aren't big fans of. Damon was, you know, we're fans of his work, yeah. So it was cool, sure. but what, basically, what I'm trying to say is, we might just have to take what we can get. And they might not all be cool. I don't know. I shouldn't say that. Now I'm, you know, somebody. If somebody comes on the show later and listens to this episode, they're gonna be like, "Oh, so what? Am I one of those that you don't really want to interview?" (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Brent. You're just fucking doing it (laughs) because. Well, someone else might like them. I don't know. Hey, buddy. Yeah, I'm not a fan, but someone else might want to hear what you have to say. I don't know. That ain't really true. I like talking to all kinds of different people and just hearing about their experience and stuff, you know. Even if I wasn't a fan of Damon's in any way, shape, or form, I think that that would have just been a really cool conversation talking about what inspires a an artist and, yeah. you know. So, I probably sound like shit, too. Am I all nasally sounding? No. I've been fighting a cold all week, and I feel like I can hear my voice in my head, and I I feel like I'm talking like this. Oh, no, you're not, man. You sound <laughs> all right. Just put some effects on it, okay? When yeah. you fix that shit in post, make me sound cool. Yeah. Make me sound like James Earl Jones or something. <laughs> <laughs> Tune my voice down. 
But yeah, I think there's some uh, there's yeah, some cool releases on the horizon too in 2020. Yeah. There's some bands I'm looking forward to hearing some new stuff from. Five Finger Death you. Punch That's coming up. Not yeah, it, but I'm actually really looking forward to the new Deftones album. Oh, really? They got one too. Yeah, there's supposed to be something coming out this year. The last one left me really. Was it gore? Unsatisfied. I just wasn't. Yeah. I, I gave it a yeah. few different chances and I just could not get into it. And it really bummed me out because there are two records prior to that were like so fucking good. And then that one was just kind of like, ah, shit, they actually disappointed me. Like they hadn't disappointed me since Saturday Night Wrist, which was like the follow up to White Pony. Yeah. And uh, just, no, there was. Uh, oh, the self titled. Minerva or whatever. That was a single from it. Yeah, yeah the self titled one. Yeah. You're right. That was in between there. That one I actually didn't get into right away, but really liked it later. I don't know if it was just because Saturday Night Wrist was such a letdown. Yeah, because, like, I just remember I wore the shit out of a a shirt from that self-titled album. It had the skull with, like, the flowers on it. Yeah, that's a cool record now, man. I enjoy that one a lot more now than I did then. But I think White Pony, like, set the bar so high... I think it was just weird hearing something totally different right afterwards. And then yeah. when Saturday Night Risk came out, it was like almost like a watered-down version of White Pony. Then it made me appreciate what the self-titled record was. You know, it's like, ah, if they try yeah. to capture that magic of White Pony again, they might not. I don't even remember much from Saturday Night Risk, no. I can't even remember the name of the single off the top of my head. I don't really know why we're talking about it, but... Yeah. <laughs> I was, was just going to casually br- uh, bring up some of the stuff coming out in 2020, but it... Um, I think it was Hole in the Earth, but yeah, not to get too sidetracked. Might be right, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. There's a few bands that I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think Red Fang. I don't know if you listen to them at all. I've heard of them. They have yeah. a new one coming out. They're another one. I really like their stuff, but their last one I wasn't super into. Like It kind of yeah. left me disappointed, so... I think that's why those two are on the top of my radar because I'm hoping they kind of redeem themselves, you know, a little bit. Or maybe it's just when a band puts out something that's so good, it almost like maybe just raises your expectations to, yeah. or something. You're not really trying to like, you know, you're or whatever. Like I guess you want to listen to everything, but sometimes it just kind of yeah you know, sets the bar too high in your head, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, there's. I mean, I think there's going to be some good releases this year. I'm kind of now just talking about those two bands, and my brain kind of just went off. I don't even remember the other <laughs> albums I was going to bring up. I think there's a decent amount yeah. of bands coming up with some stuff, though, in 2020 that I'm excited to listen to. Yeah, because there's about. some stuff, too, that I've already pre-ordered for next month. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots has, like, an acoustic-y type album uh, yeah. coming out on the 7th. And then the Ozzy one, I went ahead and just pre-ordered that. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably, like, I'm wanting to like that. So much that I'm wearing an Aussie shirt today. I I can't say that I hate the stuff that I've heard on it. It's better than what I've heard from the last couple records, but I just, I'm not sold yet, (laughs) you know? I'm hoping that I get the album, and then I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, the album as a whole is really good, and maybe those songs within the context of an entire record somehow grab me a little bit more, you know? I don't know. But yeah, I think Ozzy's probably like the, that might be the most awaited one. Like, I mean, for people, you know, for the mass. Yeah. You know. Yeah, true. 
It has uh, been like 10 years since his last one. Yeah, it's been a while, and people really seem to be digging this new stuff, and like that Post Malone thing kind of... He'll make you defecate. Fired up, and he's, <laughs> yeah, and now he's, you know, with age, he's yeah. <laughs> he's starting to branch out in lyrical content and talk about loose stools and whatnot. Yeah. Hey, like, one thing I wanted to mention, I, I wrote down, like, it's nothing, like, too big, but there's one that, like, I didn't even know that it came out in the fall, and I guess we missed it or something, but, like, Rod Stewart put something out of where it was, like, I thought it was going to be Rod Stewart singing like with an orchestra backing him up, but it sounds like kind of what they did for some of the songs was they took his existing songs and just mixed in like an orchestra performing with it. Hmm. Uh, because some of his vocals, like it, it sounds like like they got "Stay with Me" and it sounds just like that song, like they right. didn't re-record it. Which he, he can't but, sing a lot of that older stuff now. Yeah, but I mean, like, he probably does, and he probably is fairly competent. But I think. Yeah. That guy's like, what, 75? Yeah, so maybe in my head, yeah, I was probably putting that bar too high. Like, oh shit, that might be cool. Rod uh, Stewart with the orchestra, and that's it. But then like, listening to it, it kind of took me a while to get into it, but I like it, though. Because yeah. I mean, they did kind of... It doesn't overpower the songs. Like It's kind of extra. I kind of want to go see him on this tour with Cheap Trick. and Yeah, I, mean, like I saw that. Yeah. I know it's not going to be great. Like I know he can't sing like he used to, but... It's still Rod Stewart, like it's, you know... Yeah, because I think he was even here a couple of years ago, like in Bloomington yeah. or something. And I thought about going, but it was, like, expensive, and I think I had other shit going on. Right. But Yeah, we like yeah. going up to Tinley Park, anyhow. I like that area. And they're playing up there, I think it's September 5th. Yeah. Um, and, I don't know, there's some restaurants and breweries and stuff that I like in Tinley Park, anyhow. And it's kind of one yeah. of our go-to, like, if we just get feel like we need to get away from the kids and you know send them to grandma's and oh, yeah. drive a couple hours and yeah because i remember you were talking about kinda... that before that sabbath show you went to some place up there yeah we have a go-to tribes ale house is right. one of my favorite restaurants anywhere that place is just fucking rules they got so much beer on tap it's crazy like you don't even know what to do like you get there and you look at everything they have yeah. on tap and you're like i i don't even i can't even make a decision and then their food's so good too it's just oh my god sounds like that place we went to with Dustin where it was like up there in the uh, suburbs or something remember that that was Bolingbroke I can't remember what that place was it was like a whole uh, like wall of those tap handles yeah that's the way this place is man you walk in and it's like a super long bar and the entire length it is just one fucking tapper after another it's crazy they quit printing menus and they just basically have like big screens and then oh, they yeah. gotta scroll through it's like four pages of fucking yeah. just beer after beer after beer it's so crazy but I mean yeah especially if you rotate stuff out why waste the uh, energy of the print it's a good time speaking of beer we got this uh, this unibrow megadeth a tout le monde Belgian he, he ale is it unibrew or unibrow I don't know I always say unibrow <laughs> sounds right to me I like saying unibrow, <laughs> so I don't know, fuck. I mean, <laughs> unibrow. <laughs> I'm mostly German, but I don't pretend to know how to pronounce anything, so. Anyhow. Yeah. Moving forward. Yeah, I think we got more housekeeping to do, sorry. If people were wanting to hear our thoughts on the actual albums. But yeah. like, what about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? 
Yeah, Jesus. That's, I think, pissing a lot of people off. You know, but people always get pissed off. Yeah. Like, people were pissed off last year with Janet Jackson, and I really didn't mind her getting inducted. I was like, you know yeah. what, but I'm a fan, and she has yeah. some rock songs, and I think people's idea of what rock and roll is is very narrow-minded. I think people just want to think that whatever they like is rock and roll, and yeah. nothing else counts. Yeah. And I don't think people are taking into consideration that, like, like pop and even hip-hop and stuff all stemmed off of rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, if you really look up, like, the textbook definition of rock and roll on online, like, Google it, you know, and uh, it's really a lot broader than what people are wanting to let it be. I think people just... Now, uh, having said all that, yeah. having said all that, because I am kind of sticking up for the Rock and Roll Hall, <clears throat> and I don't really want to stick up for them, because I think that some of their decisions are really fucked up, and I think yeah. that this year... The fact I don't have a problem with Notorious B.I.G. being inducted. Yeah, I've never listened, dude. I couldn't name one fucking song from that dude. I have no idea. Um, but for him to get in before Judas Priest or before Motorhead, yeah, you know, or before the MC5, yeah, or um, even Thin Lizzy was on there. Thin Lizzy. I mean, yeah, there was a lot that got snubbed, yeah. and to me, both him and Whitney Houston I, I don't know I just have a hard time not thinking that they have an, some sort of other agenda they yeah. I, you know what I mean like I hate to say this but I feel like the Rock Hall didn't want to offend anybody by making all the inductees all white oh. I mean I don't know maybe that's not the reason but I kind of yeah. feel that way because huh. it's like I don't feel that those two artists were deserving I felt last year like, nah, fuck it, Janet Jackson. I, I don't know. I mean, you can't really argue with how many fucking hits she's had. Yeah. Cause so if you're gonna look at I it think from we a hits perspective, about Rhythm Nation before. Yeah, and that fucking record and like Black Cat. slams anyhow. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I like her stuff a lot, yeah. and I'm not. I don't even dislike Whitney Houston. There's stuff of hers that I like, but honestly, like she does not. She had some huge hits. But she did not have a career that was that fucking long and that fruitful. Like, she made, you know, probably enough money to never work yeah. again and do all the crack she wanted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just off of, you know, the fucking song from The Bodyguard, I Will Always Love You, which wasn't even her own song, which we all know that. Yeah. I mean, most of her songs she probably didn't fucking write, if any of them. But I just... I don't know. I just feel like there has yeah. to be some other political agenda yeah. to have picked those two above some that were, like, obvious. Like, you wouldn't have... Metallica will straight up tell you. Yeah. And is Metallica in the Rock Hall? I feel like they've already been yeah. inducted. Yeah, they've yeah. been in there. So you're going to induct those guys who would fucking admit right to your fucking face in any goddamn interview that Metallica would not exist if it wasn't for Motorhead. Yeah. They will tell you that. You're going to tell me you can't fucking put Motorhead in? You're going to put Whitney Houston in ahead of them? Or Notorious B.I.G.? I mean, yeah. I don't give a fuck. A lot of people will argue that Motorhead's not that good and their lyrics are not that good and they're sloppy and their records didn't sound... Whatever, they're... I don't know. Yeah. It's one of my favorite bands, so I have a hard time listening to anybody's bullshit when they bitch about Motorhead, but... Well, that's why I was surprised, like, not to cut you off, but yeah, T-Rex being on there. I was kind of more... Shocked yeah. by that actually being the one kind of like basically rock 
uh, band from that area, you know, because he said Judas Priest, MC5. Yeah, I mean, it seems like Lizzie, the one that would be least like, likely to get in. Yes. Yeah, they seem actually like least likely out of all those groups. I mean, I'm not trying to knock T Rex, but like. I like them. Yeah. I like that one record, anyhow. It's the only one I really know. Yeah. But like, could anybody really name like a. T-Rex song other than, like... Bang a gong? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, most of those bands, most of your casual fans are probably not going to, like... Most people probably can't tell you a song yeah. besides Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Yeah. Or, you know, Breaking the Law by Judas Priest. You know, there might be a couple more by well, Judas Priest that are really yeah. well known, you know... I think you've got midnight. at least three. Yeah, yeah there's going to be a few, but it's you still got another thing coming. Still in the grand. Yeah. I mean, they had a big, they had a fucking huge career. When you take into consideration how many records they've put out, how many songs mm-hmm. over how many years, the fact that people probably only know like three or four songs, and they're all off of probably Hell Bent for Leather and British Steel. Yeah. Like those are the two records that you know most people are going to probably know the bulk of the work of, you know. But, I mean, me personally, I love all their stuff. I even like Turbo. I was having this conversation the other yeah. day at work, and a guy, a buddy of mine, was kind of knocking that record, and I'm like, dude, I can't I can't really say anything. I actually really like Turbo, you know. So. Yeah, I think that's got out in the cold. I like that song. There's a lot of good, yeah. I mean, the first half of that record is really good. It does kind of... There's, there's some duds towards the end of it, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, British Steel has United on it. That song is... Isn't that the one, or was that one on Hellbent for Leather? I think that was Hellbent for Leather. What was the one on British Steel? There was a really stupid one. On, both those records had, like, one song yeah. right in the middle that was really, really terrible. Like, an otherwise flawless record, and then all of a sudden you have... United right smack in the middle of it and it's like ah oh, what the hell I think man. I read something too where like uh, that United they tried to do like a We Roll um, Rock You kind of uh, vibe to that so failed. that's what that was I see yeah. what they were trying to do it get, I get it but it's yeah. no but yeah I don't know man the Rock Hall thing I mean people will probably be mad because I said that I think they had a political agenda and I, I bring the race thing into it but like I could just see them trying too hard, like, to yes. please everyone and making, I think I could see them making a decision based on race instead of the actual integrity mm-hmm. of the music and the artist and where it belongs. See, I don't know if it's that. I just feel like maybe they're out of touch or right. something. But at the same time, like, I've kind of felt that way, like, bitching about stuff like that before, or even, like, right. the Grammys. Like, oh, well, why yeah. the fuck did this band win, like, a Grammy over this? Or why wasn't this nominated and shit? Then they nominate Ghost for Metal Album of the Year, and it gets Metal Album, and it's like... Right. What? How do they even know who uh, uh, Ghost is when they're not even, like, you know... Yeah, sometimes Alice in Chains hasn't you. even had an award. I think the main thing is just ignore those things. I mean... Yeah, so that's kind of what I was uh, thinking, ignoring it. Uh, but when I bought Danko Jones' last album... He's got, like, a book that is, like, a collection of all of his articles. I don't know if you remember what Denny used to do where he'd write that, like, kind of opinion thing in a right, newspaper. Yeah, I remember that. It's kind of basically the same thing. But, like, uh, this thing that Denko Jones did, he was talking about how Gene Simmons says rock and roll is, like, dead. 
and this was some article he wrote in response to that, but there's a quote that I think is kind of cool, and I'm kind of like, because uh, I was kind of thinking, well, maybe it's good that all those bands are, like, not in there, because, you know, there are bands. They're not fucking pop right. uh, bands. And so he was almost kind of saying the same thing. He's like, rock music is not a music to represent the masses anymore. It's been kicked and beaten down, unquestionably the result of overexposure. Kind of like when wine uh, gets corked. Who needs to hear (coughs) Stairway to Heaven ever again? However, it now wears its scars on its sleeves and has become darker and more sinister and less vulnerable to bullshit. Uh, Sure, it comes with baggage, but it yields to no one. It's hardened, uh, just like it's supposed to sound, and it's glorious. This is a... A uh, gestation period for rock. A time where it's meant only for those who love it and watch over it. Uh, Rock music should fade from the foreground, slip into the underground, and reclaim its rightful outsider status. Its deserved place should be in the shadows. I like that. He makes a good point. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, and I kind of, back to the rock hall thing, not to just keep harping on that, but I just thought of something. Because we mentioned the MC5, and this was like the second year that they were up for consideration, and I'm sitting there looking at that MC5 box set that I got sitting oh, there. Yeah. So they just started making my gears turn. But, you know, I was thinking last year when they were up for this, like, it didn't make sense for them to get it. Like, I wanted to see them get recognized, but they were such an anti-establishment band that it seemed like, I don't know, like, if <laughs> you know, yeah. like, if Wayne Kramer didn't walk in and just, like, say something super offensive during his speech, pretty much telling the Rock Hall to go fuck itself, that he didn't even want it. Like, I wouldn't yeah. have even, like... I, I would have just been disappointed, I think. But then, like... And people were saying that. I remember people saying, oh, fuck the Rock Hall. You guys are supposed to be anti-establishment. What do you care? Blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, then they're all trying to get the votes and stuff. And yeah. So I'm like, well, which is it, man? I guess... I guess it's a weird thing, because no matter how you know, anti-establishment, anti-politics, anti-award shows and all this, like, you know, you can say you're all about the art and all about this and blah, 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 but at the end of the day, a little bit of fucking recognition for your hard work and everything that you've done for the, for rock and roll, for this, this huge fucking thing, man, like, I think that everybody wants some of that recognition to some degree. Like, there's only the few that can really be like, yeah, man, I don't I don't give a fuck. Like, every once in a while you get that rare dude that really is, like, the real deal, and, you know? Yeah, like, I remember um, you speaking about that. Like, I remember Axl Rose, like, no-showed, and didn't he, like, write a letter? And I was kind of thinking, well, shit, that seals the deal on, like, on uh, Guns N' Roses ever getting back together because if those guys could go there and show up and he's like uh, uh, sitting out I thought he wouldn't ever get back with them but I guess it was the hall it wasn't that he didn't want to play with those guys Right. it was that you know yeah he's like fuck it yeah I mean it's like the Motorhead thing like if Lemmy was alive would he give a fuck I don't think he'd fucking care dude I think he'd be like "Eh, I don't give a fuck about that Yeah. (laughs) you know I want to go drink my Jack and Coke and play my fucking poker machine and ride another Motorhead record and yeah. then we're gonna go out on the road and do what we did last year yeah yeah he would be one guy that probably just yeah I just wouldn't care you know so I don't know I give Axel I give Axel props for that a little bit like 
you know. These guys are supposed to be rebels, man. They're supposed. I mean, you're. Isn't the point of joining a rock and roll band so you can just like get a bunch of tattoos, grow your hair out, not fucking dress up in suits, and go fucking drink wine at award shows and stuff? Yeah. Like, I don't know. So, <clears throat> it's a weird thing. But I watch. You know, I don't really watch the Grammys religiously or yeah. anything. But if there's a performance I want to see, like this year, I'll watch the Prince thing. There's kind of the All Star Prince tribute thing that's gonna happen. Big list of people. Yeah. And there's a few on there where it's a little more respectable than like that stupid ass Bruno Mars, let's go crazy thing that was a couple of years back. I, that was embarrassing to watch, but, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm always torn on those things. Yeah, because one thing that kind of makes me laugh is like Eddie Trunk. Like I used to be like it, all about that guy, like because. When I was getting more into like you know the hard rock bands and stuff that I guess I wasn't really into before, like seventies bands and stuff. So it was kind of uh, cool that he had that show, like that metal show on TV. Right, I like stuff that with show, those man. guys. I wish they'd bring it back. But like I follow him on Instagram and like Twitter and stuff. But he's always every year he's always bitching about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, like the same thing every year. Why don't they recognize these bands? But yet then I guess there's something where he gets like a ballot because he's one person that can vote. So he spends like I think one of his whole radio shows taking callers and they try to uh, fill out the ballot and you know he like right. uh, submits it that way and then he's bitching again. So it's almost like is he bitching to bitch or is he just like well I got a radio show like you know 52 weeks of the year what am I going to do for all the Almost like it's more like filler for his programming. Right. Or something. That's what it seems like to me, because you can get two or three episodes worth of material, filling out the ballot, then bitching when it comes out, and then bitching again when the award show is on TV. Hmm. Yeah. You know, that's what it kind of seems like to me. Like, Yeah, I mean, I think that, honestly, any one of us that does anything like this, yeah. I mean, the fact of the matter is the reason I enjoy doing this podcast is because I like to bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, there's just certain personalities. Sure, like that. I'm that is kind of part of I mean? it. Yeah, we can like bitch about stuff, but I also kind of like. I feel like too for me, like, there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't listen to if we didn't have this like show. Yeah, no, I. So I get that out of there's it. There's definitely more than, I guess, uh, the bitching. Well, I just was making a point, yeah. but yeah, I don't, yeah, true. You may not bitch as much as I do. I don't know, but I think I mean I just think that's true. Like Eddie Trunk. Why did he get into radio? Why did he get into doing what he does? Yeah. Probably because he's just a big, hot bag of fucking hot air yeah. that wants to just expel it and talk shit. And I'm not bad-mouthing him. I'm saying yeah. it because I'm the same fucking way. Yeah. Like, I just, you know, I care. You know, like, I really like music, and I have fucking strong opinions on shit. And I don't have any problem just saying it really bluntly and telling <laughs> it like it is. I mean, I'm not even saying I'm telling it like it is, like because I'm right. I mean, I am right, but it's an opinion, we, you know. And I'm <laughs> I'm usually passionate about my opinion, even yeah. if it's about food. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, true. If I even talk about food, I'll start getting like really passionate about my opinions <laughs> on that too. You know, I'd be like, no, if you put fucking mayonnaise on a fucking hamburger, you're an idiot. You know. <laughs> So, I don't know. Maybe we need to have a food show, too. Um, but for now, maybe... Hey, I think we might have a better chance of getting Paul Stanley on it. Though. Yeah, yeah. That's that's true, man. He can teach us how to cook some Brussels sprouts and shit. So, hey. 
right. On to our uh, yeah, on to the the top picks for this. Uh, man, I hope I didn't forget one. I feel like I did. I think we had five, right? We had Motor Booze, Halsey, Beach Slang, Marcus King, and oh yeah, Sons of Apollo. I didn't take notes on the Marcus King thing, but I did listen to it. Oh okay. So I forgot to go back to it. Well, that's all right. Fair enough. I didn't have a lot to say about it anyhow, but um, what would you like to start with? Uh, we can go with Motor Booze. That's the first one I have. Hell yeah. It's probably the first one that came out out of the group, too. Right. Yeah, so this is a weird one because I think most of our picks are fairly uh, on the radar, mm. you know, pretty popular for the times. I mean, some of the stuff's maybe a little bit more uh, obscure, but I think for the most part we... We've been picking some uh, pretty, you know, mainstream stuff, I guess. Because most of it's on, like, the when I open my Amazon app, it's right there in the new releases. Yeah. So most of it's acknowledged by that. Um, this one was just weird because I really wanted to do it. Um, a buddy of mine messaged me, screenshot of this band, and was like, dude, you got to check these guys out. And I'm like, oh, Okay. And I thought the title was kind of dumb, like Motor Booze, you know, the band yeah. name. But I'm like, well, I like Motorhead and I like <laughs> beer, so whatever. Like, this ought to, <laughs> it might accidentally be cool, but I didn't have high hopes for it. It might accidentally be cool. So <laughs> I put it on and I'm just like, son of a bitch, this is really good. Like, the singer sounds just like Phil Anselmo. I mean, there's spots in this record where it's like if you closed your eyes, you'd think it was Phil singing. It really was fucking me up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is so good. It's total like corrosion of conformity and down and Pantera and Black Label Society, like the metal bands that are out there that are fucking cool, you know, not Five Finger Death Punch and not, <laughs> you know, Bad Wolves and all this other shit that the whole scene is oversaturated with right now. This was just really fucking good. It was so crazy because I wanted, after I listened to this, this about five times in the first couple days that I was even turned on to it. I wanted a physical copy of it. I was like, oh, I'm going to get on Amazon and order this on vinyl. And then there was no physical copies on on uh, Amazon. Not CD, vinyl, nothing. I'm like, well, that's weird. So I got on their Facebook page thinking maybe they have like some store I can just buy physical copies from. And then, you know, lo and behold, these guys are from Argentina. I didn't even realize that. You know, and then they only had like 198 Facebook likes. <laughs> These guys are like nobodies. These guys are like they're like me, but in Argentina and playing metal. Yeah, we might you know? even have more likes than that. I think. Well, we do. Yeah. I mean, my band does. Not real fans or anything. <laughs> we don't have. We probably don't even have that many people actually paying attention. But um, but no, I mean, I just was like, what? I was like, how are these guys not... Like, I just assumed that my buddy came across them because they were, like, the new up-and-coming fucking metal thing. Yeah. And I was, you know, not hip to it until he hit me to it. And then I listened to it, and I'm like, son of a bitch, this record just rips. Like, it just fucking smokes any other mainstream <laughs> metal thing I've heard. So, of course, it's probably not going to blow up because why the fuck would it? It's good. But <laughs> I just... Man, the opening song, Blood, that's the other thing. Obviously, we always kind of go through these kind of track by track, anyhow, for the most part. But, dude, these song titles are the shit. I mean, they're like super cliche, but like, 
you know, but they're great because the songs are cool and they sound cool, and then you're not mad that they have these <laughs> because like blood obliterate. I can't, I can't even say it. Obliterator. There, I got it out. Between the cold and the uh, the alcohol, I might start slurring my speech. I'm not sure. Uh, nuclear reactor. And then they, you know, motor booze. They just have, like, yeah. a self-titled song, which is total, like, fucking Motorhead or, like, Sabbath, you yeah. know? Motherfucking song. Yeah. <laughs> How about motherfucking song? Who writes a song? <laughs> it's like, man, I don't really have a title for this. Ah, just call it motherfucking song. Cool. Then, like, Russian Roulette, Chaos Maker. Like, dude, there's fucking, like, the most cliche metal titles. But, fuck, they're awesome. They're all great. Like, they're so good. It's like if we really had Band to Fuck and we just came out with all these really great song titles that yeah. were up there with our name. But then, like, and people would read them and go, ah, oh, this is stupid. What band calls themselves Band to Fuck? But then, like, your band's so badass that nobody can argue with it. That's, like, what this is. This is almost like if Band to Fuck was real. Maybe it is. Almost. We should just have them change their name. Dude, I'm telling you, I really am... I, I don't know. I hope that people actually listen to these guys after we do this, after they hear this episode, because I don't know. I think these guys really, they deserve some fucking recognition for this, man. I mean, to me, it's like Phil and Pepper and Zach Wilde all had a baby together, <laughs> you know, and it just became this band called Motor Booze. God damn it. It didn't really, like... Uh, blow me away to that level, but I thought it was good, like, driving music, so I mostly listened to it when I was driving around. I sat at home and listened to the other ones, but this was one that right. I had in my car. I can see that. It's like, I, I listened to it a lot at work while I was doing stuff, you know, and it, I don't yeah. know. It kind of sounded like, to me, like, yeah, the Pantera connection and stuff, but it kind of sounded like maybe, you know, uh, with a... Uh, uh, Vinnie Paul uh, passing away. It was like his wife was cleaning out the garage and just found some old tapes. Right. And then here it is. <clears throat> That's kind of what it sounded like to me. Well, way to not be as excited about it as me. Oh, well, no, man. No, I get your point, it though, with that. Because it is, yeah. it kind of has a raw... Man, it just isn't overproduced, which is yeah. exciting. It's exciting to see a new band put out a record yeah. that... I mean, it sounds good, I think, but it's yeah. not super slick. You know, and maybe it's because they don't have the budget. I don't know, but you don't need that. Like, I don't, I don't think every fucking goddamn just record is it in sound a hut huge in Argentina. No, I mean metal isn't. Uh, we're uh, we're gonna touch on this later, but man, I think overproduction on metal can really take the balls away from a lot of it. Yeah. You know, and I think that this record has some fucking balls. It has the balls that a lot of these newer bands are missing in their music you know and maybe it's just because maybe they just need to go make a record in a studio that has nothing but microphones and not yeah pro tools out the wazoo and stuff yeah not all these crazy ass plugins and not have everything perfect and just put a microphone in front of a fucking amplifier you know just put some microphones in front of a drum kit and just that's what this fuck... This record is just real. I like it a lot. Um, you know, that opening track, Blood, has some really... It's like a Pantera song, but grooves and spots and obliterators, like a total down and corrosion of conformity type thing. 
just reminds me a lot of that of those two bands. <clears throat> um, nuclear Reactor, just the song's cool as shit anyhow, <laughs> or the title is cool as shit anyhow. I mean, I feel like the song on that one's just okay, but the riffs and the groove to the song's so badass that it's like he could be, he could just be like singing the fucking ingredients to Kraft Macaroni and Cheese or something, <laughs> you know? And it'd just be like, you don't care because the groove's so bad, you're just like, yeah. So, I don't know. And that one has, that one was the first one where I really felt like the Black Label Society influence on it, you know? Like, it, there was some of the vocal phrasing and stuff just reminded me of Zach Wilde. <clears throat> um, yeah. And then Motor Booze, the title track, the, you know, kind of in the same vein as the Founding Fathers. Black Sabbath, yeah. Motorhead, just making a a song with their band name in it. Like, why? Why not? Why don't more bands fucking do that? I don't. You know. But the best part of that song, though, is the opening. I think it's the opening line is "to beer or not to beer." That is the question. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that somebody actually fucking wrote that into a song, <clears throat> and you don't hate it. Like you laugh, but you go, eh. <laughs> It works in this. I mean, their their name's Motor Booze. What the fuck else do you want from them? I mean, these guys aren't like trying to, you know, they're obviously not going to win like some songwriting, yeah. you know, award or something. So there's not exactly like a Nobel Peace Prize in their in their future <laughs> for their lyric for their lyrical content. But you know, this is some good stuff, man. Motherfucking song, the opening thing with Scarface at the beginning, you know. And then he's got like a really badass bluesy guitar solo in there. Like you expect it to be, you expect a guitar solo to come and have yeah. it be like shred metal stuff. But then instead, it's like this clean, like fairly clean tone playing this really cool fucking blues riff. I was excited about it. Russian Roulette and Southern Hangover. <clears throat> those two songs to me were like the hits. I thought, you know what I mean? Like those two came in and. I thought, like, if they, if they had a hit off this record, it's going to be one of these songs. Yeah. And Southern Hangover, like, that just sounds like a hit. Like, that title, and so does Russian Roulette, but maybe a little too obvious. Like, there's probably five to six other metal bands that released a song called Russian Roulette this year, and we're only a couple weeks in. <laughs> but, I mean, I thought Southern Hangover is a pretty unique uh, title. I like it. Good, uh good hook to it and the chorus and everything and kind of has more of that down it kind of has the southern rock influenced kind of sound that down has in some of their stuff so other than that and saying that i really uh think chaos maker is a badass title i don't have a whole hell of a lot more to say about that so (laughs) it was hard to rip it apart too much because i just enjoyed it and i guess like you listen to it a lot more closely than I do. Well, I played the fuck out of that yeah. thing before. I probably listened to it five times before I even texted you. I was like, hey, we have to... Yeah, because that did come out. It came out, like, in December, right? Didn't it? Mm. So. I, I want to say it was the first Friday of no, of uh, yeah January of the new year. Yeah, it just seems like we've been talking about it for a while. Yeah, it's already been a long month. It's cold finally feels like January. It was 60 degrees like a week ago. Now it's fucking 
Yeah, like fuck two. that. It's like the weekends are fucking cold, and the middle of the week is real nice. And it's like then when you got to make plans on the weekends, fuck. It's fucking Mother it's Nature. It's like 10 degrees. She's a bitch. Well, what'd you want to roll on to next, man? I can see uh, you don't I have got, much more on that. See, like, I had more notes on the other ones. I'm sorry. That's man. fine. I, I talked a lot, yeah. so... No, man, it's cool. I feel like I let you down a little bit. You'll have let everybody down that's listening. Yeah, even all the hundred motor boots fans. I'm gonna, I'm gonna apologize on Andy's behalf. Yeah. Well, uh, the next one I have you, <coughs> or what do you have next? Um, I had beach slang next because that was another one that was. We can go to that earlier. We can work up to the ones I have notes for. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know how much you have to say about this one, man. But this is another one I was kind of. Uh, excited about they've never they've been on my radar but I've never really given them a chance no I mean I've never even listened to them at all yeah like I know that Dustin he's talked about them I think he had them on his podcast too yeah I've heard him talk about them and so like Riot Fest and stuff I just never I didn't know what they were about until I saw this pop up a couple weeks ago when it came out and I thought hey it's a rock and roll record yeah at least why don't we do that and uh, I, for one, really enjoyed it. I think that it, it's got a lot of charm. Um, I like the dude's voice. See, I kind of like the music more than the guy's voice. Yeah. But, like, it was all right, but I kind of... I mean, he's kind of... He doesn't have a lot of range, but there's something about it, man. He's got one of those voices where it's like, at first, it's like you're maybe bummed that he's limited. But then, by the end of it, it's like, nah, because I don't know. Like what? I think he just he wears it well, you know. Like what he does with it really works, and I mean, there's cool lyrics and stuff, so it doesn't matter, you know. Kind of reminds me of like Matthew Ryan. You a fan of Matthew Ryan at all? Yeah, I've listened to some stuff. Yeah. Mother Dustin. Like he doesn't yeah. really have like a lot of this range and stuff. And the first time you listen to him, you're kind of like, ah, uh, I almost just wish he'd just do more with his voice. But then, like once you're into his stuff and once you're like into his lyrics and you're digesting it all like none of that matters anymore hmm. I mean I really like his stuff that fucking Boxers album dude I just busted that out the other day for the first time in a little while and I was like fuck I forgot how good this is and he just kind of he has that raspy kind of soft voice you know but he writes such good songs and there's such good lyrics in there that you just don't you don't care that he kind of just stays in this one spot almost the whole time and I, that's how I felt about this guy you know yeah, I kind of like the album more as it went. Like, I didn't really like that Bam Rang Rang one that much. Huh. But, like, as it went, it did kind of uh, grow on me. I thought that song was really cool, the way that it shifts gears in the middle. Like, it all of a sudden turns into another song. It almost yeah. goes into, like, halftime. Like, it slows down, and it's like, yeah. wait, what? Like, <laughs> you think that it's... A di- like, I had to look at my thing, like, did this... Is that song already over? And this is a new song? But, but it wasn't. And I thought that was really cool. I... Overall, man, we're not meshing today, Andy. Yeah, I don't feel like we're agreeing on anything. Uh, well, maybe I'm just not as I like let it ride, like the first... rock and roll as I thought I was. Because <laughs> even one of my friends, my friend Bill, said something one time. He's like, "You've you've got a rock and roll exterior with an easy listening core." Hmm. I don't know, man. I don't know what that means. I think he was saying that because I like a lot of like... I don't think that I look at you and think, oh, that guy fucking listens to rock and roll. <laughs> like, really? Like, you're not wearing uh, it on your sleeve. Well, he, 
Well, because with those lists, like how I would do those top ten like songs lists, like I like all these hard rock bands, but my favorite songs are like the ballads or, uh, or whatever. So like that's what he was um, implying. But yeah, like I guess I don't look like a rock guy. Maybe. I got a Cosby sweater on. Yeah, Cosby scarf. Well, I thought the really cool thing about this record was the fact that it opens with like this, just. It's like an instrumental that's not that's really an instrumental. That's what threw me off. How yeah, you got to look at the title. It's almost or like something it's somebody just... would do live. You know what I yeah. mean? Like you'd open a set with doing something like that live, but to like to open a record with something like that, yeah. it was like, huh? But it was cool. I like that "Let It Ride" song. I really like uh, you know the lyric. I guess I connected with Two in love and dumb to quit." I just <laughs> love that dude because it's just all about you know. The song's just really all about being in a band and playing rock and roll. It's mm. really all it is, you know. And that fucking lyric to me, I was just like, God damn it, this, you know. I felt like I could relate way too much with just that one <laughs> that one little lyric, man. And people are probably thinking like, ah, oh, geez, that's whatever. But I, there's just a lot of truth to that, you know. People that like are in bands and stuff. Even if we don't make it, or even start to make it, or get any recognition, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's just always something that makes you just go back for more and more punishment. You know, kind of like the hook in this. Did you come just to watch me? Ch- or what was it? Did you come to watch me choke? <laughs> I just, I thought that was kind of a hilarious thing too, because I'm listening to it, just thinking like, like is he asking somebody, did you just come? hoping to see me fuck up like, yeah did you just did you just come to watch me play to like 10 people that don't give a flying fuck and aren't even paying attention to the show you know so yeah like some of those people that i guess are like uh well why don't you just quit it because you already got a job you know right oh yeah there's people that don't get it and you can't make people get it that don't share that same yeah thing you know so I thought that was just a really cool line. I don't want to go off on this whole other tangent about other stuff, but um, hey, it's a podcast. That's what people. But want. yeah, I can do whatever the fuck I want. My microphone. Yeah. Um, no, I just I don't know. I just that that to me was a really really cool moment. So early on, this kind of grabbed me. Like, okay, I'm gonna listen to what this guy has to say because. I think obviously, like I share the same. They have, you know, they're obviously a more successful band than what I've been in <laughs> in, in my, you know, quote unquote career. But nonetheless, it's just, uh, you know, it's a certain headspace that I could kind of relate to and everything. And so it grabbed, it grabbed me there. Um, um, there was one that I like noticed, like speaking of titles and stuff. Born to Raise Hell. I was like, Oh uh, yeah. I was disappointed that that wasn't, that it wasn't a cover the Motorhead that Motorhead song. song oh, man. That was my first thought yeah. too. I was like, Ah, oh, this is cool. It's not really quite the Motorhead yeah. song. I, I'm kind of partial to the Motorhead tune because actually, funny enough, like Born to Raise Hell was the song that got me into Motorhead. I mean, I'm not, you know, I can't sit there and be like, Oh yeah. First time I heard Overkill, um, back when it came out, I was in love. I wasn't fucking born yet. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not old enough to pretend that I got yeah. into them back in the day. Like, I'm old school, man. Fuck no, I'm not. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I was born in 81. Like, I obviously, you know, was not. I didn't come out the fucking womb, like, cranking Ace of Spades. 
So by the time they were put on my radar, it was when Airheads came out. Yeah. And it was Motorhead with uh, Whitfield Crane from Ugly Kid Joe and Ice-T yeah. doing that song. And I remember it was on MTV, and I was like, wow, what the fuck is this? You know, I was like 90, <laughs> I was only like 11 or 12. And I just remember being like, oh, dude, who's that fucking ugly dude? <laughs> I was like, I got fi- to find that. I got to find this because Ugly Kid Joe was like on my radar already. I really liked yeah. them when they first came out. I was all about them. And so that's why I paid paid attention to that song anyhow. And then I'm like, oh, shit, this is Motorhead, dude. I gotta go back and listen to these guys. It is a fun song, man. <clears throat> it is a fun yeah. song. It's a great song. It's fucking badass, man. You know? And then, of course, watching the movie where they're like, Lemmy is God. I'm like, oh, jeez. <laughs> if this guy's God, I gotta fucking find him. <laughs> so that, you know, really was like my journey into getting into Motorhead. And again, we're sidetracked because we're not trying to talk about Motorhead, but way to go, Andy. Oh. Hey, man, we've been kind of been talking about it the whole episode. We've been all over the place, yeah. I know. I like Tommy in the 80s, man. That's a weird title. <laughs> and I was just cracking up because in the hook he says, I'm pretty sure he's saying, listen, Linda. Huh. You know what I'm talking about? No. And then I started thinking about, like, the whatever that video was that was viral for a while with a kid. It was like, listen, Linda, listen. Linda, listen. You ever see that? No. Like, I don't know. You gotta find it. It's pretty funny. I saw it a while back, like I don't know, two years ago or something. But it was one of those things where everybody's sharing it and everybody's laughing. And, oh, have you seen this video? And you know, it's just this little kid like oh. arguing with his mom. Like he was, I think he was like a Hispanic kid, like maybe the, the, the little Mexican kid or something. And <laughs> he's like in trouble, and his mom's like scolding him, and he's like, No, no, no. Listen, listen, Linda, listen. You know. And so I was wondering while listening to this, like. Is that is that what he's saying? Is listen, Linda, and was did he get that like from that? Because huh. this is like a whole new day and age, man. Where like people probably yeah. are pulling influences from the internet and these yeah. videos that go viral, and like that's a whole new pop culture thing that's still new and everybody's figuring it out. It's probably going to work its way into art, like right, probably, you know. Huh. So I thought that was kind of interesting, like. Is that what he's talking about? I don't know. I want to know now. If we get the guys from Beach Slang on the show, I'm going to ask. Yeah. I'm going to be like, hey, talk about that Tommy in the 80s song. First of all, I'm pretty sure you only put the word Saturday night in there just because you know it's going to make it a hit. <laughs> like, all you have to do is include the word Saturday night in a song, and it instantly sounds like a hit, you know? Oh, wait, I had one that was... Uh, the song with the strings. Like Nobody movies. say nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one stood out to me. I thought it was kind of like, I like there's both all the rock those. songs in there. Yeah, that on there. Yeah, they took like the two song pause kind of in the middle. They did like two of them. Yeah, back to back. It was just like acoustic guitar, and then some subtle strings in there, and they were cool. And then they just kind of came back with that stiff song right after it just came back rocking how you said like uh, the intro was kind of something they do at a rock show maybe that's kind of what they were going for like let's try to make this feel like it's live but it's it's not because yeah they kind of do don't bands usually do that they kind of start out pretty hot then they kind of have a little cool down and they come back in I'm hot all the time Andy I wouldn't know oh. 
no. <laughs> maybe Come they were on, just going for that vibe, hot. you know, or something. No, I mean, there's definitely a way to pace a show. There's a way to pace a record. And I don't know, man. That just was a cool intro. Kind of made a live feeling, you know. It kind of simulated a live show a little bit. The outro song, that bar no one. That's a really interesting, like, I like that song, man. It was totally different. And then back to just something mellow. And it was long. It was like, I thought it was going to be over, and then there'd be another verse. (laughs) It's like, it almost went on too long, but I liked it so much I didn't care, you know? But make sure I look pretty laying in my grave. (laughs) That's just proof that somehow within the context of rock and roll, you can never say... I hope I die before I get old too many times or in too many different ways and not have it be cool. Like, that's like the coolest line in rock. And people just regurgitate it all the time in different forms. Sometimes they just say the exact same fucking thing. And it's always just hip. And it just always resonates in a rock song. better to burn out than fade away. That too. So there's just certain ones that are always like cool, like, yeah, I've heard that a million times and I don't care. They're like buzzwords, <laughs> you know? I don't know. Kind of like if you're at a concert and the singer says, are you having a good time? You'd be like, yeah, okay. But if you, they come out and they're like, are you fucking having a good fucking time? And then everybody's like, yeah, he said Fuck. <laughs> I say fuck too. I love that word. It's great. So. <laughs> you know I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like going to see Motley Crue and it's like, you know, Tommy Lee really does it. He's not that charismatic. Okay, he's not that good at talking to a crowd. He just comes out and drops a bunch of F-bombs yeah. and everybody's like, woo, he's saying fuck. And then he goes, show me your titties. And everybody's like, woo, yeah, show him your titties. It's just the same old shit. Yeah. Every time. And really, we're just so stupid that we'd fall for it every time, too. But, again, I think that most people would agree that you don't start playing rock and roll so you can go sit in business meetings and yeah. wear a suit and fold your hands and, you know, speak properly. <laughs> well, if you're trying to get in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, you are. Yeah. I guess. What's next on the list? Um, I'll just go to one that with, I actually have a lot of assuming notes Assuming you're on, done so. with that one. I, yeah. I don't want to uh, rush you. I don't know why, but the Halsey one, mm-hmm. that... Uh, that album, I was going to say episode, but that album is the one that I listened to the most, and I wasn't even expecting to, and even, like, I think I might have sent you a text that I'm like, I hate this one. Mm. And then it just, like, <clears throat> overnight, something clicked, and that's the one that I like the most out of this group of um, albums. I don't know why. I agree with you on that. And even... When I first started listening yeah. to it and looked at the album cover, I was like, what the fuck, Andy? Yeah. What did you pick? And then I was intrigued very... It didn't take long for me to be like, oh, wait a minute. Shit, there's something here. Yeah. I really only kind of picked it because you you had uh, picked the uh, Harry Styles thing. So I was like, hey, maybe we can just throw in another pop one. Right. And a couple months ago, it might have been like a Saturday Night Live rerun, but I was at a friend's house, 
And I think we got back from a baseball game, and he turned on uh, the TV just for something, and it was like Saturday Night Live. And it was like a rerun, and it had her as a musical guest. And she did that song from this album. It was like Without You, but she did it just her, her and a piano. And I think I'd heard the song on the radio, and it was kind of forgettable. I was like, whatever, it's just not a pop song. But just her and the piano, it made it sound like really good. And I think like the background, they had some kind of projection thing where it looked like she had like scribbled out notes or something. Like, I think it was stuff like notes that had uh, inspired the lyrics, or maybe it was the lyrics. It was stuff to her boyfriend. And it was it was just kind of cool, like a cool vibe for the song, too. Hmm. Like, it made it more powerful than just listening to the... Yeah, I'd never heard of her. Yeah. So I was, this was a, <clears throat> was a pleasant surprise, as far as I'm concerned. The name of the album's Manic, by the way. Yeah. I feel like, did we even talk about, you know, not to backtrack, but I just realized we went through this whole beach slang thing. <laughs> and I don't think we even said the name of the album. Which was Is the it Deadbeat the Bang, Bang of Heartbreak City. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we just started talking so much that I forgot that we should probably, you know, talk about the album titles. Yeah, because I think we kind of overlooked Because Motor Booze was just self-titled. That was just self-titled, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. self-titled album, you know, self-titled song in there. I think there should... They should just put out an EP next. There should just be five songs. And this should just be called Motor Booze 2, Motor Booze 3, Motor Booze 4, <laughs> Motor... Maybe not. <laughs> Terrible idea. Don't let me. Don't listen to me. <laughs> so back to "Manic" by Halsey. Um, yeah. So I found it kind of interesting that you know the first two songs were uh, names, right? Like Ashley is the name of the the opening track. And I think that's actually her uh, name. That's her. Yeah, that's what I took from some of the lyrics later on in the record too. Yeah, because that Halsey is just Ashley. Scribbled up yeah. or trumbled up. Yeah, I mean, the first song was pretty interesting. I'm like, oh. I mean, it's, it's written almost like this breakup letter. And it was, you know, a pretty heartfelt, transparent, kind of putting it all out there kind of thing. So I thought. Um, and I, I say that because later on in the record, she put some shit out there even more so. I was like, God, I thought she was being honest before, but fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> like, this girl don't give a shit, dude. Um, the second track, Clementine. I, I mean, I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't "Whoa, my darling, whoa, my darling, whoa, my darling, <laughs> Clementine." But, but I like the just the simple yeah. piano thing with just her voice is so fragile. She's got like that fragile voice that just man, I don't need a singer that can just do all these vocal gymnastics and shit, yeah. going up and down and high and low and <clears throat> doing all these fancy runs. You gave me someone like this with just that just crazy honest voice. Like, she just has so much honesty and so much real fucking pain in her voice that it's like, god damn, dude. Like, how do you not get drawn into this and just... I was sucked in. Yeah, like, I was too, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But... Not to backtrack too much, but that first song, like, Ashley, like, I like, like a lyric in there where... She was talking about uh, she'll burst into flames and leave you the dust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a cool. She has yeah. some cool lyrics in here, man. If this is, if somebody's looking for a record to put on the headphones and actually have lyrical content to listen to, like this is the one. It's a close. I mean, the Motor Booze record is a close second, 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> as far as lyrical content goes, I'm not going to give those guys any trophies. Um, as far as being deep and whatnot. But this is a deep record. I, you know, just because, yeah, there's some good lyrics, but it's also just really real. Like, it's just delivered super real and gritty, and it's like this polished pop record that somehow has some just, I don't know, just a really heartfelt, real, you know... Like there's fucking guts in this. Like there's there's blood and guts. Yeah, like even another this. one too. It was like killing boys. Like I don't want to Uma Thurman your ass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so and I like, love the fact that that was the one where they opened it with uh, uh, Jennifer's body. They got uh, they got a scene from. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's uh, um, Megan Fox and Amanda Seyfried. And I see, I really like that movie. So that won me over. Yeah, that was a movie when it came out. I thought, God, this is going to be so bad, and I loved it. I thought, yeah, because that's so Diablo Cody, great. right? I think the band thing. The uh, no, the that band. was the uh, the writer, that lady, that Diablo Cody. That oh. I think did that. Uh, See, I didn't know what I was talking about. I can't oh, remember sorry. the band name, so I thought maybe that's what you were referencing. <laughs> no, like because uh, I think that was another movie that she did. The one I I can't think of the name the the movie that she did. The one with the pregnant teenager girl. Oh, yeah, Juno. Yeah, because I, I think that was her follow-up. Like, You're Jim right, it body. was, yeah. Yeah, sorry to totally derail it. No, I just, but, yeah. I really liked it. It was so funny that that was a movie that I thought was going to suck, and then now I really like it because it was just, it felt like an 80s campy horror yeah. movie. Yeah. And I don't know if that's what they were going for, but I thought they kind of knocked it out of the park with that, and people just, it didn't do well. It was such a hated movie, but now it's become like this weird... It has a cult following now. I was like listening to some podcast a few months back where they were talking about it, and they were talking about how I think it's really like within like feminist groups, like because it's kind of like this women, like an empowering women kind of oh, yeah. theme throughout the movie and stuff, and uh, so that's kind of what's it's become like a weird like cult success now i guess and i didn't know that until i listened to this podcast a few months back and i was like wow it does make sense if you think about it and and everything but but yeah um it's kind of all about like what the what men have done to women within in the world and the industry and the working in the yeah. workforce and blah 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 and then yeah, like the redemption of her fucking basically just coming back and just killing boys just you know <laughs> but yeah, so I thought it was funny that that was in there. Kind of cracked me up. But um, yeah, I don't. I enjoyed. There was one lyric that I thought was really funny. That "forever" is a long time song. Just something about watering a plastic flower. It was such a weird. Huh. When you said you were gonna like highlight a lyric, I thought you were gonna go this direction, like that. Oh, I'm sure we're. I'm sure yeah. that I did. Uh, on the Alanis uh, yeah. interlude, they're like, "Your pussy is a wonderland." I Your was like, "Pussy is a wonderland." I had to go back and listen to it. Like, I kept scrolling back. Yeah. Like, wait, 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 wait. And then I had to turn like the lyric thing on on my Amazon app because it's like a thing you can click and it brings up the lyrics. I'm like, "Oh my god, that is what what she's saying." <laughs> oh man, but my favorite lyric though that I didn't catch until. 
um, probably the third time I listened to it was, she always wore a skirt in the classroom, eating my dessert in the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, she's talking about fucking eating yeah. pussy in a fucking girl's bathroom at school. <laughs> I was like, this is brilliant. I love this girl. Oh, man. Yeah, like I liked all the songs, but then I saw those interludes. I didn't really like... The other two interludes with, like, Dominic Fike and the other guy. The rap one where it was, like, in some other language, and I couldn't... Yeah, hey. but I really liked that Alanis one. Even if it didn't have Alanis Morissette, I kind of liked the vibe of that song. Was she in it, though? Because somebody else comes in singing at yeah. some point. Yeah, was that was Alanis Morissette. Yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, you're just saying even if she wasn't in it. You... Yeah, even if she yeah. wasn't kind of in the song. Like, No, yeah, the vibe the was great, that... man. Those lyrics are fucking ridiculous, but, yeah, <laughs> you know... But it was really catchy. Um, I don't know, man. There was, uh, like, You Should Be Sad, I thought was a really uh, yeah. heartfelt, you know. Yeah, and I kind of liked how, like, with that song at least, it was just like an acoustic guitar. It was almost kind of stripped down, yeah. too. So it's like it wasn't all just like every song has, like, beats, like most pop music. Yeah, I mean, that might have been the point in the album where I realized, like, ah, oh, dude, this is... Like, some motherfucker did her wrong. Like, she's mad. She, you know... <clears throat> I feel like the whole lesson learned in this song is that she got tired of dudes yeah. breaking her heart, so she went, she ate some pussy for a while. <laughs> I mean, hey, look, I know that that sounds like I'm... Hey, yeah, crude, I kinda noticed she said that, it. I yeah. You know, I didn't say it. She said it point blank in a fucking yeah. song. <laughs> I kind of noticed that there was kind of a thing like that, too. There was, like, all of this negativity, and she's like, well, like, I'm just bringing guys home or whatever, um, you know, because I'm trying to love somebody, but it's not working out, and, you know. Right. But then there was a few songs that I thought was, like, maybe, like, a ray of hope, and I kind of thought that, like, I wanted to really highlight this, like, my favorite song or whatever out of the... Like album, I almost thought it should have been at the end of the album because like it would have built up to that. Uh, was the finally slash beautiful stranger where it's yeah. almost kind of like she did go through all this shit, and so now she's like, here she's ending it on like a positive note. Right. I really like that. That was probably my favorite too. Yeah. That and three a.m. to me sounded like it should you know be a hit. Um, that was a really cool tune. Uh. Without Me was solid. I, I kind of honestly felt that, yeah, even that Killing Boys song didn't need to even be on there. I felt like the Alanis interlude thing. Yeah, everything there were after, like 16 songs on Yeah, there. I felt like everything so. after that should have been cut except for the very last song, that 929, I thought was really cool. Yeah. So there was like a chunk of songs before that that kind of just didn't, I felt like. Although I think Still Learning was at the end. Or so. Yeah. That and that was another one that was almost kind of really honest and kind of seemed like it might have been like more of like a positive kind of thing. Or at least some kind of... Because I think, yeah, that one kind of really uh, seemed honest to me because she's talking about how she's famous. But, yeah, like, yeah, she's living the dream or something of being, like, famous, but she's still got, like, all that shit she's dealing with, you know? Yeah. I mean, she, I don't know, she puts it all out there, man. I can't really imagine how the dudes that were in her life felt after listening to this record, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I guess I... Great. Uh, Is that one about me? (laughs) After after listening to this, I did kind of go back to look up some stuff, 
And I remembered that, yeah, because I think that Without You song came out like a year or so ago, and it might have been a hit on its own, so they just put it on the album. Uh, but she did some song, like she used to just do backing vocals, I think, for people's albums. Mm-hmm. And there was some rapper like G, uh, G Easy or something, and I think that's the guy that she's actually singing about a lot is like this dude who, like, yeah, like was cheating on her and shit. Mm-hmm. They were together. So yeah, I think he's got the brunt of all the hate lyrics, maybe, or at least in that song. Hmm. Well, I don't like him anymore because I like this record. Yeah. Plus that G uh, G Easy. Oh, that's kind of a stupid name. Douchebaggy name. Fuck you, G. Well, yeah. Yeah. I don't have a whole lot more to say on this one. Yeah, me either. It was just surprisingly good. Like I liked it. It was. No, it was like yeah. I, I was. I yeah. It, it had my interest the whole way through. I, you know, I got a little tired of it towards the end. It was a little long-winded. Like I said, I think yeah, make, trim the fat less songs. Fat. Yeah, the last song was really cool. It was just like a narrow a narrative through a bunch of parts of her life, and so. But yeah, if we want to move on, man, I'll let you take the wheel on the Marcus King thing. Cause I don't have much to say about yeah. it. Yeah, was... uh, that's one that like you know how it's so fucking cold like today. And remember, like, this time last year, actually, it was so fucking cold that they, like, shut down central Illinois for, like, a day. They're like, just stay inside. Don't go to work. I don't know if you had to go to work. Oh, I had to go to work. Oh, you did? I was outside a lot. Yeah, like, my... uh, My boss didn't give a flying fuck, so... Yeah, because I think, well, at least Maui Gym, yeah, shut down for the day. I think I actually had the day off. I took the day off. I was told to dress for the elements. Just dress for the elements. Motherfucker, it is 30 below out. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, because the night before, that Tuesday night, uh, me and Jim Glass and Matt Rummler, uh, who was at the uh, yeah. show last week, uh, like we all went to go see Marcus King at like Kenny's downtown. So the show what started at like 10 o'clock, like, right. right when they were basically saying, hey, go home, stay indoors, and we're like out at the show, and like I don't even know how my car started afterwards. Cause, like, I don't give a fuck. I'm a it, rock and roll rebel. Yeah, it was fucking freezing. But yeah, so like that's what I remember, like, like seeing Marcus King that day, and then uh, it's fucking cold. Well, he's got a great voice. He's yeah. a great guitar player, but I will say that maybe I just need to give it more of a chance. But this record didn't do a whole lot for me. It was one of those where I put it on and I was like, "Yeah, this is good." And the next song, it's like, "Yeah, this is good." Yeah. But I didn't feel anything from one song to another. I just felt like it was a wash, dude. Just like. Everything was just the same. Oh, really? Because, see, I kind of got, like, a little, like, I kind of um, liked it maybe more than I thought I would. Because uh, I guess his other albums, like, he put out before was the Marcus King Band, and it's more like that Allman Brothers bluesy kind of rock. And then yeah. this has a different vibe, and I think Matt Rummler had even said, well, he put out a solo album, but then he... Um, he recently came back and played like October or November at the Monarch. He's here a lot. Like he plays here all the time. He came back with the solo album, but he was still had his band, his own backing band. It was a Marcus King band show, but they were playing this album huh. or something. And it kind of made sense because some of those songs are like different, like the uh, the Wildflowers and Wine. I kind of like that. It sounded kind of. Yeah, I remember that song. It sounded like a song from a different era. Like, I know that's kind of popular now. I think I kind of did like that song, yeah. I feel like an idiot because I'm like, yeah, I think I did kind of like that song. 
I listened to it once, yeah. and dude, when I started making my notes a couple days ago, because I'll listen to this stuff, and I don't yeah. get as much time with the stuff that comes out like the Friday before we yeah. record, but even the stuff before that, like I'll you know I'll try to live with it and listen to it a few times before I take my notes, and so I'll spend like Saturday and Sunday of the weekend like actually writing as I'm listening to the stuff, and dude, for some reason. I totally forgot about this record and didn't take a single note on it. I didn't go back to it. Yeah. I listened to it the one time, and I guess that's... I wasn't super into it then, and I guess, to me, if I, it was that forgettable to where I didn't even remember to go back and write my notes on it, then, you know? Yeah, I don't have too many notes, though. But, like, um, I did... Like, it only had a couple songs that really stood out to me, like the, yeah, Wildflowers and Why. But then the next one, it was, like, One Day She's Here... That was another one that sounded like it was like old like soul music or something. Well, he's got the voice, man. I mean, yeah, it's very throwbacky. Yeah, I mean it. It made me think of like, like Jackie Brown or something like that. Like that, how like Tarantino would throw those old songs on that soundtrack. Right. Kind of seemed like it would have fit with that. Like a, yeah, across 110th Street or something. He's got a soulful voice, man, and he's got like that. Dude, his his guitar playing is really. You know, he's got that old school blues, like, B.B. King kind of, I don't know, he is a really good guitar player, and he is a really good singer, but I guess the songs just didn't do it for me, but you know what, I might be coming back two weeks from now going, hey everybody, we're back, never mind everything I said about the Marcus King album, I fucking yeah. love it now, you never know how that shit's gonna Maybe you'd out. like the Marcus King, like, actual band stuff, not just his, like, solo thing. Yeah, I don't because uh, it's more like that Well song. I've heard him on the radio. Guess, yeah. And I'm always like, oh, this guy sounds cool. I need to listen to more of his stuff. And then I just don't. But I mean, I always, I always have a big list of things in my head that I need to listen to. Like, oh, fuck, I've still never checked these guys out. I yeah. need to listen to these guys. And so much music out there, and I'm still enjoying all the old shit and finding old shit that I haven't heard. Yeah, because I never have time either. Like, because even like. Like, listen to Brother Kane stuff before the show, like, revisiting some of that. Then, like, Damon Johnson's talking about David Bowie, and I'm like, well, you know, I haven't listened to a lot of David Bowie in a while, so I'll go listen to that. Oh, shit, now i got to listen to these albums for the show. That's funny, because, yeah, I listened to that Beyonce record a couple times yeah. this week. I totally saw what he was saying with that, because, yeah. man, she does fucking lay it out. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. You know? I Am Sasha Fierce was a really cool record. I like that album of hers. But everything I heard on the album after that, I think it was just called Four, maybe. I don't know. But everything I heard on it, I was like, eh. So I totally lost interest in her stuff. Yeah, I had never listened to any of her albums till that one last yeah. summer. I was shocked. I mean, it just was one of those that popped in my head the other day after we talked with him and he was talking about that record. And I was like, God, I might just have to check that out because I like that I Am Sasha Fierce album a lot. I thought it had some really cool songs. So I looked up Lemonade and put it on. I was like, what the fuck? This is not what I expected. Like, it's way out of left field for her, dude. But interesting. I mean, it was like, man, she's mad as fucking Jay-Z. See, like, (laughs) uh, there's one thing. Maybe I always try to compare something in my head to something I've heard before. Like, oh, this sounds like this. Or, like, I'm trying to relate something. When I, uh, when Damon, um, he was talking about that, like, album last summer, like, Lemonade, then I listened to it, I was like, 
I think for me, it almost sounded like what Taylor Swift was trying to go for with that Reputation album right. or something. Like that kind of sound. Maybe not the lyrical content, but just right. that kind of sound. Yeah. How it was kind of a left curve from what she'd done before. So I was right. like, oh. Because yeah. I thought that the Taylor Swift one, I'd heard it like before that one, obviously. Right. And it didn't really like... I, I wasn't a big Reputation yeah. fan, yeah. That was like a... I don't know. There's songs on it I like, but... It definitely kind of just wasn't my thing. Beyonce thing that was crazy because she's just motherfucker, fuck you. Like yeah. she's just saying it like it is and cussing, and it's like, yeah. oh my god, like I just couldn't even. I'm like, Jesus, dude. Like I don't know how. How does he feel with her putting that out? Yeah, because it's just man. It's basically like that. How kids are like, oh man, I'm gonna put you on blast. Well, she's doing it with the album that. Yeah. Everyone in the world is going to hear. That's crazy. Like, jeez, man. Like, that is just, like, she just lights him up. And there's no arguing who she's talking about. Yeah. I mean, she can't be talking about anybody but her husband because what the fuck would any of that matter if it yeah. wasn't her husband she was yeah. talking about? It was crazy. I was like, I don't know, man. He must have really fucked up for yeah. him just to be like, okay, babe, yeah, go ahead, just put this out. <laughs> and just, you know. That or he's just that confident, like, yeah, well, whatever, you know, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, blew my mind, though, man. Yeah, sure, babe, breaking the money for us, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. well, whatever works, I guess. I, Jeez, I don't know if I'd be that okay with it, you know. So, it's like you fuck up or something, and your old lady's like, okay, well, I'm going to forgive you, but I'm going to fucking just, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to write a tell-all book. I'm going to put shit all over Facebook about what a piece of shit you are, but we're cool. We're going to work this out, but I'm going to do this. It's like, yeah. Well, what if you don't forgive me? <laughs> like, what? What's my life going to be like if you don't forgive me? <laughs> Speaking about that, yeah, you just made me think about, too, like Fleetwood Mac. Like, when they were doing rumors, everybody's writing songs about, you know, Stevie Nicks or... Yeah. All those relationships were, like, imploding. Yeah, I mean, that made a great record, and that was kind of a different thing, because if you didn't really know that shit was going on, yeah. then, like, you didn't really know what the songs were about. Yeah. It could have just been tongue-in-cheek. It could have been... Yeah. But there's no... There's no arguing what that one was about. You could just have no idea anything was going on, or have no idea there was anything bad in their relationship, <laughs> and she's just coming out swinging, like, you know... I know about them other bitches. I'll fuck one of them up. Like, she pretty much says that in one of them. Like, I'm going to fucking smack a hoe. It's like, what? Did Beyonce really just say that? Good Lord. But I kind of had more respect for her on that. I was like, ah, she's a real person. Like, she's actually a real person. Like, she wants to just punch something. Like, she's so rich, she, should, she could have any guy. Yeah. And she's still just out there like, oh, that's my man. I will fuck you up if you come near him. <laughs> That was great. It's all fun and games until your old lady's the one wanting to punch <coughs> punch somebody out. Um, Sons of Apollo? Yeah. Moving right yeah, along. Like maybe we should have just ended with uh, the Halsey thing. Man. We have gone on for a while. But uh, built up to that one because that's the one that we uh, had a lot of notes like, yeah. on, I guess. Yeah. I got plenty of notes on how much I didn't like this Sons of Apollo album. Yeah. I kind of I heard about this group, and I'm like... Oh, that might be kind of cool, because I think they had an album before this. I'm like, that might be kind of cool, because I like some... It's like two uh, guys that were in Dream Theater, and I like Dream Theater. But I 
do not like that Jeff Scott Soto's voice at no, all. No, I don't either. It's like I said before, man. He sounds like an Affliction shirt. I mean, that's how <laughs> best I can describe it. To me, this band sounds like if Nickelback and Shinedown actually had, like, really badass musical jobs, you know? Hmm. Like, if you had, like, Nickelback and Shinedown being able to play Dream Theater type shit. There's no arguing how great Portnoy is behind yeah. the kit. And he has some work on here that where that really shines, you know. And Ron Thal, Bumblefoot, obviously a great guitar player. Derek Sherinian's no slouch. The guy's played with everybody from Alice Cooper to Billy Idol to fucking Steve Vai, Ingve Malmsteen, Bonamassa. Yeah, because I kind of like that group he had. It was like Black, Black Country, Country Communion. Yeah. Yeah. That and he had like a Planet X was another band he had. Mm-hmm. Billy Sheehan, who was a fucking beast, man. I mean, that guy, you know, when we saw him with the Winery Dogs. Yeah. Like, I'm a big Richie Kotzen fan. And I was really excited just to see Richie live, let alone, you yeah, know, the other guys. The other guys. Yeah. But. I remember walking out of there and just going, God, dude, if there was really anyone that I thought was just so amazing to see live, it was fucking Billy Sheehan. Like, that guy was a beast. Like, I mean, I knew he was a good bass player. I mean, not even a good bass player. Like, he is, like, one of the baddest bass players on the fucking planet. And I love Mr. Big. Um, So, I mean, it's not like I, I didn't know how good he was or I wasn't hip to Billy Sheehan, but... That was the first time I saw him in person, live, and it's like, man, that guy, (laughs) he's the one that dropped my fucking jaw to the floor. You know, (laughs) I had never seen Portnoy live. That was still the only time I've seen him live. It was cool, but it was like, I don't know, like, he's a good player. I just, watching him play doesn't excite me. There's something like, I've seen tons of videos of him and Dream Theater and stuff. And it's all fine and dandy. It's like, oh, yeah, he's a great drummer. But, man, then you watch a video with Mike Mangini. And I saw Dream Theater with him a couple of years yeah. ago. And it's like, man, I enjoy, like, I, he's, I like watching him better than watching Portnoy. Yeah, that was one thing I kind of noticed, too. Like, um, I saw, I've seen Dream Theater, yeah, twice. And the only two times has been, like, with Mangini. I saw him on um, the Peoria show. And I saw him, like, in Chicago, and, like, I was kind of like, man, I kind of wish I was seeing them with Portnoy. But he kind of won me over. He's doing stuff, like, like I think they had a screen or something uh, behind him. And he's, like, playing drums, or he's, like, making faces, and it looks like he's getting into it or something. Yeah, I mean, Portnoy always looks I guess robotic. you can't really be that animated because you're at, like, a drum kit, so you can't right. move around the stage, even though the other guys, that's... But some, some drummers are really where, fucking cool looking when they play, yeah. and they're entertaining to watch. Yeah, like, I feel but like I, Portnoy always looks mechanical, and he always looks stiff, you know? Yeah, like Mangini. Yeah, he's got stuff like He always up puts here. the shit up high, and I'm and sure shit, he does yeah. that to make it, it... I don't know. Maybe some people would argue that that's comfortable, but you don't see too many drummers doing it. Yeah, it just, I, I would almost yeah. argue that it's because he's conscious of the fact that, hey, look, trying to somehow yeah, like, I'm back here. you got to do something. Yeah. You know? Well, because all those guys in Dream Theater just kind of stand there and play their instruments. I mean, you can't really run around and play, so I can't... That shit that... Yeah. Those guys are playing, I mean, you know, Petrucci can't run the entire length of the stage and then up a ramp and, you know, 
Yeah, all loud people are saying like those guys are boring. It's like, well, they are. But well, yeah. What do you want them to do? Backflips while he's like, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. That's hard. People have to know. And you know appre- what you're and getting appreciate into, the complexity yeah. of the songs, yeah. and that's what entertains people, and that's why it's really always just a bunch of fucking dudes. It's a bunch of dork ass musicians. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. I enjoyed seeing Dream Theater, but the one time. I saw them when they were in town a couple of years ago. It was like every fucking musician in this area was there. Like, I mean, you just, you ran into everybody. Everybody that plays the scene around here, right? It's like every one of them was there. And we were all just dorking out at how great they were. Like, oh my God. You know. And it was cool. I was entertained enough. Yeah. But it was kind of one of those bands for me. It's like, yeah, okay, I saw them. At all. Yeah. The tour would have to be just right for me to go see him again. They'd have to play maybe a certain record in its entirety that I gave enough of a fuck about to really, you know. I mean, that's why I saw him on the Images and Words thing, where they played that front yeah, to back. and that yeah, was That was cool, because that's when I got into him, you know what I mean? Like, that was the record where I was like, oh, I played the fuck out of that when it came out. So, you know. That one grabbed me. But yeah. this, so this Jeff Scott Soto guy, like... Oh, wait, I, um, can I... Um, add something with Mike Portnoy. Yeah. On that. Um, I don't know if I'm just trying to shit all over Mike Portnoy or not, but he's he's one guy, like, yeah, I was super into Dream Theater for, like, I don't know, 10 years. Like, they were, like, my favorite band for, like, a long time, and I think Mike Portnoy was part of that reason. I was, like, he was, like, the vocal one that did interviews, and I... Uh, he wrote a lot of the lyrics and stuff, too, I believe. Yeah, he kind of took over the band, I think. Once they kind of uh, got fucked over, basically, with that falling into infinity, he's like, yeah, like, I'm going to uh, take the reins. And so he almost, like, self-produced kind of all the next couple albums through the 2000s, where I think you were saying, yeah, they kind of got kind of boring. And they lost me through yeah. that, yeah. I hate to say it, but I feel like ever since... Like that self-titled record with Mangini, first album in years that I had actually dug. I was like, oh my god, Dream Theater's cool again. I actually like this. I hadn't liked anything since Train of Thought was the last record I liked. Yeah, like that was the one where I got into him. But uh, there was one thing I was thinking about with this, and I guess I never really uh, even um, really thought about this too much, but when Portnoy left uh, Dream Theater... He filled in for Event Sevenfold or something, oh, like yeah. 2010. And then I think, I don't really remember the specifics, and maybe they never really said, because the band said something, he said one thing. He said that he, like, felt really good about playing with Avenged Sevenfold, and he, like, wanted to uh, have the band to take a break and then come back and do an album in a year or two or something. He's like, that's what we need to do. We need to take a break. But, like, they're like, hey, well, dude, we're going to do this next album with you or not then. So we left. Right. Do you think that, like, because he's, he's been in the last ten years. Like, Winery Dogs, there was some band, Adrenaline Mob. Yeah. There's this. There's that. Flying Colors that he, cool. he needs the money that bad? Or is he, like, a workhorse? Because I used to think he's a workhorse. Like, shit, man. He's, like, always pumping out something. Maybe he's got all these creative juices. But now I'm like, maybe he, like, regrets it. And he's like fuck, dude, I gotta pay the bills, shit, because it's, he's, like, always on tour, and I even saw something where I guess what made me think of it was he posted uh, Sons of Apollo uh, tour dates, like, it starts late January, goes through February, then they go on a cruise, 
Then they go overseas, and he's got, like, the flying colors thing, and he just had, like, basically, he's on tour almost the entire year, and I'm like, fuck, dude. Well, I'd be willing to bet that, like, Dream Theater probably doesn't make a lot of money off of album sales. Yeah, so they were touring a lot, too. They probably tour, they probably make a lot off of tours, because you gotta figure, like, they obviously don't do, like, I don't know, like, they don't sell as many records as, like, fuck, I don't know. Even, yeah. like, Def Leppard, probably. Yeah. Even Def Leppard being pretty washed up. I mean, I liked the last Def Leppard record. I'm not talking shit about them, yeah. but let's just face it. Like, they're not selling the records they used to, and they're probably making more money off touring than what they are their albums now, but I'd be willing to bet that there's maybe more albums selling from a new Def Leppard record than a Dream Theater record. Yeah. But the thing is, like, the Dream Theater fans, like, they're all going to buy the record. Yeah, they're, so, like, all in. You're basically, yeah. like, Dream Theater fan or you're not. Yeah, so, I mean, like, Dream Theater's, you know, they're at least breaking even on their records. But, dude, they go on tour and, like, I'm sure that they're making good money. Like, they're selling shows out. and You know, a Dream Theater fan is there for every fucking show. If they don't play, like, <laughs> I mean, dude, like, my bass player, John, I mean... If they don't play Peoria, that motherfucker's driving to Milwaukee. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he's gonna see them on every tour. I don't even know how many times he's seen them. I don't even know if he knows how many times he's <laughs> seen them anymore. But that's just the way those fans are. Like, they're gonna be there for, you know, every Dream Theater fan, like a real fucking fan, not like some casual asshole yeah. like me that's gonna buy. Like, I'm gonna buy the next record, but, you know, I loved the last record. I didn't even go to this last tour. They played Peoria, and I was like, and they were playing that scenes from a memory thing front to back and I was like ah that's stupid I wish they'd play the new record front to back so I just didn't go but you know these real fans man they're I mean they're there and they're buying fucking $300 VIP packages to get a picture taken with them and fist bump so so yeah I don't I mean we don't have to keep harping on the dream theater and Mike Portnoy thing or anything, but yeah. um, but go ahead. You said you had you had a note. Yeah. So I really only had like this album's called Twenty Twenty, right? Yeah. But in Roman numerals. Just oh, thought yeah. we'd throw that. Just yeah. thought we'd throw the album title in there. Did you not realize that it was Twenty Twenty? You're like, so this album MMXX. Hey, well, the uh, <laughs> if you remember the like what you might call it, highly suspect was like MCID and it stood for something else and I thought it was oh, yeah. numerals at first highly suspect I was trying to think of the name of that band earlier you ready for another one a guy brought you one um I'm good like I noticed you did but oh okay uh, I'm puss out like people with the weather oh it's all good <laughs> uh, but uh so how like I had said that I didn't I uh, really dig like Jeff Scott Soto at all right and then you were saying that it's kind of like shine down in these like radio rock stuff with more chops. Yeah, it's very well. It has that and same production. Kind of yeah, you know, like it's super produced. And I saw that their album has like a deluxe edition where it's got the tracks right from the album. It's got the album <laughs> right. itself. Then it's got all of the instrumental tracks. Oh, well, then it's got acapella vocal tracks oh and I'm like god. oh my god and I heard this guy's voice remember all the misery blind eyes couldn't see 
We bled, we strive, we rose above the dreams, we survived and bled. Do people want to listen to that? Is that just like a, I don't know, like reverb or some kind of? I mean, I couldn't it hear it. It sounds like well, his voice is like, like echoey and, or something. Yeah. Like it sounds like. At first, I didn't know if somebody was singing with him the whole time, but it sounds like they kind of like just probably sing with itself. I don't know. Threw some that. filter on it or something. Yeah, there's no balls to this record. You got the, some of the yeah. baddest motherfuckers. You got like the baddest hard rock, prog, metal rhythm section possible as far as playing chops goes. You got fucking Billy Sheehan and Mike yeah. Portnoy. And I feel like this record, like, has no balls. Like, there's only a couple moments where I feel like there's actual fucking legit balls. Yeah. You know? Like, that fucking Motor Booze album smokes this. It was probably done for a small fraction of the money by yeah. a bunch of fucking nobodies in, like, a garage in Argentina. I'm probably exaggerating that a little bit. No, it probably was a hut. But I really, I mean, dude, look, I don't, I did not want to like this record, man. You got yeah. really <clears throat> cool players that I've been a fan of their work and other bands and stuff. But man, dude, I mean, Mike Portnoy should just, that last Flying Colors record was cool. Like, we should just fucking review that instead and yeah. talk about that. I don't, it's too late. That was a couple months ago, I think, and we just kind of, Missed it when it came out and didn't talk about it, but that was a really surprisingly cool album. So maybe you're on to something with like him just staying busy and needing money, or you know, like he's just playing in anything. I mean, I, I can't see these guys really. Or do you think that like he like regrets Dream Theater, so he's like trying to do that with this? I don't know. I don't know. Because it kind of sounded to me like, I wrote down on my note, bite-sized dream theater. Because it's kind of yeah. like the compressed version. Instead of like 16-minute songs, it's like that in like seven minutes. Yeah. I don't know. I know that the last this last uh, dream theater record that came out, um, early 2019, just absolutely fucking smokes this yeah. record. The Sons of Apollo record can't even hold a candle to that. I mean, there were really great songs. There was really great playing. There were, I mean, we all know that these guys can, you know, we all know they can yeah. do all that. So it's like just the fact that you're playing something impressive and fast and a bunch of notes and blah, blah, blah. We need something else. You know what I mean? There's got to be something else within those really cool fills and fast fills and the million freaking notes per second that they're playing. There's got to be something else in there. And that, I felt like Dream Theater for the first time in a while like kind of like they played their asses off on this last record but had really good songs. Yeah. You know, and even some of those fills and stuff had some feeling to them and stuff. And this one, the only thing like that, I can't talk. I still can't say it. God damn it. Asphyxiation. There, I got it out. Sorry. Yeah. I'm struggling between the cold and the fact that I just insist on drinking yeah. my way through this. Um, that starts off really fucking cool, like with this really badass riff. Um, and then the singer starts singing. And he's doing yeah. something. I don't know if you noticed this, but in the intro, he's like in the background doing like this oh, oh thing. Like, 
Uh, just some bullshit that yeah. didn't even need to be there. It was like, why is he doing something right now? Tell him to shut the <laughs> fuck up. Like, I don't know why they left it on there. You know, and then he starts singing the verse, and it's like, um, okay. Like, it just lost its cool as soon as, even though the musical parts were cool, he was just watering it down. Like, everything he did just watered it down. I even thought, too, there was one Desolate July, where all of them Ugh. seemed to be like these, like, high-octane, full-speed-ahead rock songs. That was so boring. And then so there's boring. Desolate July, and it kind of had a different kind of, like, keyboardy vibe, and then it's just him right in there, and I'm like, God, he ruined it. He did. They really should have just called that song Watching Paint Dry, anyhow, because it was so boring. Maybe the thing, not to keep going back to Dream Theater, but, I mean, it's hard not to, but, like, well, because we really didn't talk about the album a whole lot, I guess, because it was before we had a podcast, but... You're talking I, distance over time. Yeah, yeah, I think maybe with that Dream Theater album is because... Maybe one thing that you're kind of uh, picking up on the vibe or something is because they had the first album with me and Jeannie. It was like 2011. And they had already written it. And I think John Petrucci, he like did, he programmed in some drums just as like, you know, okay, this is going to be the basic, how the drums are going to sound. So when we get somebody... They'll just kind of, we'll just have their uh, tracks in there. Right. So basically, it was written and kind of done before uh, Mangini was in the band. Then when he's a in the band, oriented ba- uh, album. I mean, that's a yeah, yeah. Then, then they do the self-titled one, which is the first uh, full album with him in the band. But it's kind of one of those ones where they really streamlined it because there's a lot of shorter songs. Right. Or that's the one I'm actually thinking of this whole time. I'm sorry, but yeah. Yeah. That, to me, was like a song-oriented record. Yeah. That's where they won me back over. Yeah. Um, and then they had the one that was like, well, let's do a concept album. Right. So maybe this is something where they're finally able to kind of cut loose and do like a uh, more of a metal album, and now we got Mangini in here, so this is more him doing his thing. Right. That's kind of what it kind of feels like, where this is like a full like band album, and... Right. And maybe that's why it's so good, and like more people are like, "All right, cool." Well, I think they sound inspired, you know. Yeah, and I'm not sure with the Sons of Apollo thing, man. I just don't. God, I was dude. trying to do uh, some research, Denny, and <laughs> it looks like it looks to me like it's a Sharinian and Portnoy project, mm-hmm. and they got the other guys, and I think Billy just. Shows up to do his tracks, it sounds like. Because I was trying to look at who like wrote some of it, and I think uh, Sharinian and Portnoy at least produced the albums, and then it was like... I'm not overly yeah. impressed with Sharinian's work on it either. Like, there was never a moment where I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, that's Derek Sharinian. Yeah. I just kind of <laughs> was like, ah, like, I feel like he's used just the same... I don't know, his tone is just the same thing. Like, he just doesn't... Everything sounds yeah. the same anymore with him. I don't... I'm just not super excited about his playing on this. Um, I will say this, though. Fall to Ascend. Didn't like the song. Thought it was a stupid-ass song. But Jesus Christ, does fucking Portnoy play his ass off on that song. I mean, that is the one song on there where you're like, oh, yeah, this is why Portnoy is, like, the man. This is why he's... You know, obviously a, a renowned drummer. I mean, he's like up there. Yeah. You know, people put him up there with Neil Peart. You know, yeah. like this is really no 
no secret that he's a badass and that all these young aspiring drummers yeah. and older aspiring drummers want to be like fucking Mike Portnoy. Yeah. You know? But I didn't feel like on this record there was much getting my attention where I'm like, oh yeah, fuck, he's bad. This is a bad motherfucker. The whole record just kind of goes by like, okay, yeah, okay. But then that song, dude, the opening fill is like, holy shit. And then the whole song, he's just playing his ass off. And I was that much more mad at this fucking Soto, Jeff Scott Soto guy, because it's like, ah, just get somebody else in there. He's not doing it, man. And, I, you know, he might be a totally nice guy. Jesus Christ, I hope I never meet this guy and have to talk to him. But, you know, it's just what he does just doesn't do it for me. It's not that he can't sing. He's not a bad singer. You know, it's like one of those things where you hear him sing and you're like, oh, that guy's got a cool voice. Oh, he can sing. Well, But then you hear him within the context of a record and you're like, is it just... Is he just not in the right band? Yeah. Is he? Would he sound better in a different band? Would he sound better if you just just don't put all those stupid effects on your voice, dude? Like, you yeah, because that's what it sounds. You like could probably sing. I'm guessing you have some natural rasp in your voice. What's with all this other bullshit? Why do you sound like you're singing through a computer? I hate to tell you this, but that's our next interview. Yeah, he right. <laughs> <laughs> hate to tell us. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Sorry, I never s- mind. <laughs> God, this guy's great. But, I mean, and I was really shocked because I didn't know much about this guy. and I knew he was in TSO. Um, Talisman, I've heard of that band. And I didn't know, you know, I don't really know shit about him. But but I did not know he was on the first two Ingbe albums. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know where this guy really came from. But apparently he was in Journey for a while, too. Yeah, like, I did I know that. I can't picture yeah. him singing Journey. Can you picture no. him singing fucking Especially separate ways? Or, yeah, I mean, what's he growling the songs like I can't hear him is this just does he just now sing like this did he get really a really big heart on the first time he heard Nickelback you know and just mm-hmm. decide like I'm gonna sing like that for now on I, yeah. I don't know what's going on there you know <laughs> I'm kinda lost but um I don't know seems to me like these guys would be capable of maybe putting together a better record but you know this is just my opinion and your opinion. I would actually love for people, anyone listening that disagrees with us, I want to see them just blow up the comments on this and tell us that we're wrong and that this record's great. Like, if you really want to argue the fact, I mean, there's nothing to really argue about. It's all subjective. I'm sure there's people that just fucking love this album, you know? I'm sure of it. So, but I, I would love to just have the... <laughs> the feedback from people even if they're just calling us idiots like you guys are fucking morons you don't know what you're talking about that's the greatest album I've heard in 10 years great bring it on I want to hear it I want somebody to tell me I'm an asshole and tell me I'm wrong this isn't any fun if I'm just like sitting here agreeing (laughs) with Andy on what a piece of shit this is you know um and it's I don't know man it's not a piece of shit it's just not my thing I guess it just bores me to tears. Like, I have all these notes, and I don't even want to talk about them. Like, there's nothing to really talk about. You know, good, good vi- goodbye, goodbye, divinity. Everything's a tongue twister for me today. I mean, that song starts off, and it's like this long, drawn-out intro. 
takes forever to get going. And then it gets going. It's like, oh, cool groove. And then the guy starts singing. It's like, fuck. <laughs> you know? Um, King, King of Delusion had some cool grooves. But other than that, pff, had nothing. Um, there's like a thing, New World Today. It was like an instrumental thing later on in the record. I thought it was like the top. I thought it was going to be the Top Gun instrumental yeah. thing. You know that guitar part that plays throughout like Top Gun? Like the whole movie, like it just comes in and goes out. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, and wasn't it like an instrumental, but then he still came in there anyways? I don't know. I, I think it, he might have. I honestly yeah. just grew so fucking bored with this thing that I just, I don't even know where I, I stopped. That might have been the whole yeah. record there. I don't know, but I'm sorry to all the uh, Sons of Apollo fans. And, um, I'd like to apologize for all the Mike Portnoy fans because I feel like we just kind of... Yeah, because I feel like I shit on my own Dream Theater fandom. Or not really, because I was saying I liked the last album. I just kind of shit on, like, maybe I put Mike on a pedestal and maybe I'm like, well, maybe you should be done here. We don't have to like everything. I mean, goddamn, man. People are going to put out bad records. People are going to put out great records that we think are terrible. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I, I tend to think my opinion is right and the rest are shit. But, but hey, I wouldn't be... Uh, I wouldn't be that opinionated asshole doing a podcast with you, Andy, if uh, if I wasn't that way. So, you know. <laughs> Anyhow, I think that's probably all we have yeah. for this week. Um, I'm going to get back to drinking some more of this Megadeth beer. And thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time. <laughs>